Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The vote for speaker is happening today, and in any other world, this would be the top story around the globe. Tony Katz, good to be with you. But in the backdrop of Hamas's attack on Israel and the beheading of children, lighting children on fire and burning them alive, murdering 260 people at a music festival, a thousand Israelis dead. Very, very comparable conversations to a Pearl Harbor or 9-11. It changes everything. It might change the speed of the vote, and it might be changing the complexion uh, or or rather the responsiveness of Congress and what it is they value. It might be fracturing parties. Logan Raddick joins us right now. He is the national correspondent for Newsmax, Newsmax uh, TV. Uh, and uh, Logan, you, you're, you're following, of course, uh, the speaker vote. You're following, of course, what's going on in Israel and congressional response. Uh, your take on whether the uh, attack from Hamas in Israel has changed how quickly the speaker vote is going to go. Well, Tony, good morning. I I think that it definitely will have an impact on it, but it's not just because one of uh, the U.S.'s top allies was brutally attacked by this terrorist group. There are a couple of factors at play that make this a little bit different from other terrorist attacks you've seen in Israel. I mean, number one, at least 14 dead Americans. You have countless Americans being held hostage right now. I talked to some high-ranking members of Congress. They don't know how many hostages we currently have. There are also... 17 countries, at least, that have had people kidnapped or killed. Um, so there is going to be a somewhat of a response from the free world. We'll see it at some point. Uh, but Congress is definitely racing to have a new speaker because of the situation. It's really come down to Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Uh, they had the Meet the Candidate Forum last night. We're expecting the vote on the speaker today. So um, I, I think that they were going to try to make this a quick process regardless, because even before this attack in Israel, you see what's going on with the border, uh, and you see what is really just happening all over the country with so many key issues. So I think they're going to come to a a speaker decision by the end of the week. And from what I'm hearing, it seems like Jim Jordan might have a bit of the upper hand over Steve Scalise. Now, you just said end of the week. It was Representative Kat Kamek of Florida who said in in any other situation outside of the attack on Israel, uh, it would take 30 days to figure out who the speaker is. You are are getting the sense from the House, uh, from your sources, that even with just two candidates, this might take multiple votes? It could take multiple votes, and it really depends on how many people do not want to support one candidate or the other. Uh, There are some people who were talking about having McCarthy put his hat back in the ring. Obviously, McCarthy has said he does not want to run for speaker again. They might be more inclined for Steve Scalise. Uh, But you have people like Ralph Norman uh, from South Carolina. He likes both of the candidates, Scalise and Jordan. He's worried about Steve Scalise's health at the moment. Steve Scalise is currently battling blood cancer. So that is another factor that is currently at play here. Obviously, President Trump has endorsed Jim Jordan. Uh, So, again, I believe Jim Jordan has the upper hand. But if Steve Scalise is to be the guy 
who is uh, put up by the Republicans to be the speaker and become speaker. Uh, Dan Muser, he's a Republican from Pennsylvania. He's talked about having Jim Jordan take Scalise's role as majority leader. So again, uh, no matter what happens with this, Scalise and Jordan are going to be the top two Republicans in Congress. Um, But again, it does look like Jordan has the upper hand for a number of reasons. The Trump endorsement being one, and then the fact that Scalise is battling cancer. There are people who do support Scalise, but they're worried about his health and handling that really, really difficult role as Speaker of the House. Talking to Logan Raddick of Newsmax. You can follow him uh, on uh, social media, on the Twitter X at Logan underscore Raddick, R-A-T-I-C-K. Let's bring in the Matt Gates conversation. Of course, it was the Gang of Eight uh, that worked with Democrats to remove uh, then-Speaker McCarthy. Some rumors that McCarthy saying, look, if I, can, if I can help the party, I'd be Speaker again. Where is Gates, Mace, and company on the Scalise versus Jordan battle? Well, it looks like that group is leaning more towards Jim Jordan. But what Matt Gates has said in particular, again, he's the one who triggered the motion to vacate for Speaker McCarthy. He said that he will support Scalise or Jordan. But the thing that Gates says he wants is single subject spending bills. So instead of putting a lot of things into an omnibus and voting on it and not really knowing what you're voting on, Gates says he wants single subject spending bills so that members Um, are taking up one vote at a time and really having an opportunity to see what they're voting for. Again, um, you know, we'll see how this all plays out, but it it looks like Gates is open to either uh, Scalise or Jordan as speaker. Um, So I don't think we're going to see the type of uh, animosity that McCarthy had. I think a lot of people just never wanted McCarthy to begin with. Uh, And Jordan and Scalise, um, I think this will go quickly. It might take a couple of votes. Um, But there's not going to be people stomping their feet like they did with McCarthy. The situation in Israel, the Hamas attack, the terrorist organization, a thousand people dead. You heard the strong statements from Joe Biden yesterday. You heard the strong statement from uh, the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, that people who are trying to equivocate or, or, or blame Israel are wrong. It's, it's disgusting. And then you have Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. And you have uh, the video uh, on your uh, Twitter X feed of her running away from questioning from a Fox News reporter uh, regarding beheaded babies and babies burned alive. Uh, You have Congresswoman uh, uh, Ilhan Omar uh, saying that Israel is guilty of war crimes for responding. You have Representative Ocasio-Cortez saying uh, that there is this apartheid system in in Israel. Congressman Andre Carson uh, in my beloved Indianapolis who will not condemn Hamas. There seems to be a very, very big chasm in the Democratic Party between those who want to state clearly uh, that Hamas is a terrorist organization and those who will not engage in any kind of blame of Hamas whatsoever and only push the anti-Israel screeds. How does the party square the circle on this? Well, the party has to start addressing uh, the rot that has come from within when it comes to a member like Rashida Tlaib not being able to even just condemn the, the decapitation of babies, the rape of innocent women, the slaughter of teenagers at a music festival, not just Israelis, but people from all over the world. And you've seen a lot of Democrats, I mean, Massachusetts in particular, 
multiple congressional Democrats condemning these student groups at Harvard that essentially went pro-jihad over the last couple of days. But these Democratic members of Congress have not spoke out as forcefully against Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, who thinks peace can be made with Hamas. I mean, until there's a different until there's a leader who wants peace, there's not going to be peace between these two sides. Anyone who's been following this for over 70 years understands that. But you have not seen forceful condemnation of those members from Hakeem Jeffries. You haven't really heard it from Chuck Schumer. And I think a lot of these Democrats are starting to wake up to how radical the so-called progressive movement has become. But the thing is, like you saw at the White House yesterday, Corrine Jean-Pierre called them out, but she couldn't call them out by name. So that's the issue the Democratic Party is dealing with. Um, Republicans in the past, Steve King, I mean, if he made an anti-Semitic comment, they condemned him. You know, they, they would vote to remove him from committees. But the Democratic Party has nothing to say about the members that are taking the side of Hamas. As, as a matter of just looking at the crystal ball, I still got a minute with you, Logan Raddick of Newsmax. Is there a conversation going on on the Hill about how this divide might affect Joe Biden in this 2024 presidential run? Well, it's a complicated situation because a lot of these Democrats are saying he made a great statement yesterday saying he was in support of Israel. And, yeah, there's a lot of great comments that the president made. Uh, but the problem that the Democrats have right now is that their voters are waking up to the fact that the Obama administration and the Biden administration have either given or unfrozen billions of dollars to the Iranian regime, which funds and trains these Hamas terrorists. And the problem that the Democratic Party is going to be dealing with, and there's a lot of liberals who are waking up, especially a lot of liberal Jews I've seen that are appalled and realize that this is support from the party that they're voting for. Um, until they address the elephant in the room that Iran is pulling the strings here and that U.S. Um, unfreezing of assets for Iran has, has helped them fund terrorism all over the world, uh, that's going to be an issue for the Democrats. And, you know, you've heard – some Democratic sources here in Washington, D.C. saying, oh, you know, the foreign policy issues like Afghanistan, what we're seeing now, that'll pale in comparison in 2024 when people go to the ballot box to issues like abortion. And from what we've been seeing online the last few days, that might not be the case. So I think that the Democratic Party is going to have to square up what is going on with Iran. You can't say you stand with Israel when you're giving aid and comfort to the biggest enemies of Israel. And you also have the situation with Qatar. Um, I haven't heard any Republicans or Democrats kind of, you know, come up with an answer for how to handle that situation because the U.S. is it, not really in a position to condemn Qatar because we have an Air Force base there, yet Qatar is harboring the leaders of Hamas. So there's a lot of complications. And again, if the Democratic Party doesn't really address what's going on, they're going to be losing potentially voters who are absolutely appalled by the situation. And I'll add again, 14 dead Americans at least, more American hostages. This isn't necessarily about Israel. This is, there are so many people from all over the world 
who have been butchered or being held hostage by Hamas. And it's something that we have not seen. I mean, this is this is a modern day Iranian hostage crisis, and it's being perpetrated by an Iranian proxy. Logan Raddick of Newsmax, I appreciate you taking the time.